Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. So as you're gonna notice, there are a few changes since the last time we recorded. Um, you know, we took last season off. We had a lot going on with a lot of our analysts. Didn't really get to uh, record as much as we wanted to and uh, really didn't even get anything to, anything put out. So uh, good news is we're back. We're going to be focusing on football and football alone. I'm sure with the, the group of guys that are here, we may end up, you know, kind of diverging into other sports a little bit, but our main focus is going to be football. With that being said, we have a new analyst that joined the team. Uh, his name is Ian. Ian is going to be uh, recording with me today say hello ian oh hi how's it going y'all so ian has a um vast knowledge of football which is going to be a uh, great for the the on the 50 team and um also has some analytics experience and and uh and stuff like that so we'll see that shine through a little bit um maybe we can put him to work on some uh some sports betting stuff in the future we'll see how it goes Ooh. <laughs> throw that little uh that little line out there and try to rip the hook back see how you feel about that <laughs> <clears throat> but no thanks uh thanks for bringing me on i feel like it's gonna be a great time a great time oh i like i like the accent mm, anything for you all right with that with uh talking about accents i don't know how we're gonna go from that into jamal adams but we are gonna do, we're gonna do it because we're all about amazing immaculate transitions here at on the 50 podcast um absolute flawless <laughs> <laughs> so uh the first thing we want to talk about is like the uh the newest news the most recent of recent news as uh, our president would say like the most recent nobody can be more recent than the jamal adams trade what are your thoughts on the jamal adams trade well um being a cowboys fan i wanted him but um they cowboys sent him for everybody. they sent him for a fourth to seattle uh and they got two firsts a third and they got bradley mcdougall another safety of the lesser caliber so um honestly it all depends it all depends on if Jamal Adams is going to be able to mesh into that um, mesh into that uh, system and uh, and and such. So I, I think that um, the biggest thing that I like with the move is Jamal Adams is a very competitive individual and he wants to win. And he was he wasn't getting that in New York. Not only was he not winning, um, he did he didn't even trust in his coach. I mean, I do find it ironic that the they, they weren't willing to trade him until he started talking smack on Adam Gase and then literally the next day he's traded to seattle oh um, yeah but i i think that pete carroll Pete carroll's a very competitive person and i think that that's really going to help the relationship there and i think that there's a lot of maybe a lot of teams that saw the cockiness and arrogance and and just the the person that um jamal adams is and i don't know whether they felt like they couldn't handle him or they just didn't agree with it they didn't like it uh you know because not all the time is talent worth the individual right so i think pete carroll saw i mean pete carroll's handled it like people that were handfuls Carroll, over the year i mean look at the defensive personnel that pete carroll's had in his history and taken to a super bowl i mean we're looking at uh, marshawn lynch we're looking at uh rich sherman all those kinds of people so he's used to taking on those types of personalities and he's used to taking on a good defensive player and helping them succeed so i think it'll be a good fit honestly in all seriousness though i really think that uh that the jets kind of got away with this one because uh they're gonna get a safety albeit of a lesser caliber but those two firsts and a third are nothing to sniff at and it allows them to build on what they actually want out of their defense instead of inheriting jamal adams who while being an amazing player and probably the best player on that defense it lets them kind of build their culture from there and get who they want it's nothing to sniff at to get two firsts and a third no no it's not especially well if they use it right 
<laughs> Obviously, the yeah. Jets have kind of a, a a notorious history of wasting draft picks, but um, yeah, I, th- I don't think that it's anything to sniff at for the Jets. I mean, yeah, two first rounders. Even if they just got two first rounders, that's still um, that, and Bradley McDougal. They still got a safety out of it. They got a player out of it. Right. Um, I, I did find it funny though. Uh, I don't know how much attention you paid to whenever Le'Veon Bell was kind of look, you know, shopping around for a team. Um, and Jamal Adams really, re- really recruited him. I remember on social media, he, you know, just kept poking and saying how great the team was. And um, so Le'Veon Bell, uh, needless to say, is not very happy with uh, Jamal Adams and the way that he's been bashing the team and just up and leaving. Uh, so, you know, they, they're having a Twitter war back and forth. And I did, uh, I saw last night that um, Jamal Adams did respond to Le'Veon's tweet and said, noted, see you week 14. So that will be a very interesting game to watch. <laughs> of course, because they're going to be running right into each other. Yeah, you know, during practices and stuff, you know, obviously you tackle, you hit. Um, but you know, if you've ever watched any type of uh, show that has ever basically been in training camp or anything, that you're not hitting your star players. I don't care whether they're a running back, a receiver, or what. You may you may hit them, you may make contact, but you're not. You're you're, yeah, you're not. You're not messing them up. So. So like Jamal Adams has never got the opportunity to really hit Le'Veon Bell, and and I'm uh, if there's any type of animosity, which it seems like there is, I cannot wait to watch that game. I feel like we're gonna get a. Do you think we'll get a little bit of the uh, you know the Josh Norman versus uh, uh, I don't know Odell Beckham kind of thing where they wind up and then suddenly they're throwing hands or something like that, or do you think it's just gonna be? Um, just a I, I don't I don't think Le'Veon's stupid enough to throw hands on the field. I mean he's he's still a small guy <laughs> I don't, you know yeah. I, I compared to jamal adams I, I think jamal adams is a tough dude I, I don't i don't see that happening but i definitely see i definitely see some hooting and hollering for sure oh for sure um but last question in on the subject does receiving jamal adams make does that transaction alone make them a super bowl contender in seattle no and here's why pete carroll cannot get out of his own way on the run game um it's been proven that by an entire order of magnitude and that order will change from team to team um that passing the ball down the field majorly so on first down increases your um uh, estimated points added value ginormously okay and i use a generalization there because it changes from team to team based on personnel and scheme and such and such um but the thing is about that with seattle they have russell wilson of all people russell freaking wilson and they can't get out of their way on the run game they're always one of the top teams that are running on first down um and they're always digging themselves into a hole early on in the game where as far as you know being behind on the sticks where they're at third and five third and six such like that if the team has a good they're playing against has a good run defense now does it make it to where they're going to get the ball and be able to control the clock more maybe sure it depends on how jamal adams actually plays within the scheme and if he can be um revitalized earl thomas if you will but this alone doesn't make it to where they're going to be a super bowl contender because in order to win games what do you have to do you have to score points right no i I didn't i didn't know that was a i didn't know that was a thing Oh yeah, well let me introduce you to this wonderful thing called a touchdown. You wouldn't know too much about I, it being a Texans fan, but <laughs> 
Man, throwing shade first episode. Okay, I, I I see it. We'll get we'll get to my shade earlier when we talk about uh the Cowboys not being able to extend Dak. But uh, so so I know we had <laughs> I know we had um Jadavian Clowney uh, for later in the the episode. But I think there's no better time to actually discuss it a little bit than than right here. Um, mm-hmm. you know if Seattle has shown interest in bringing Clowney back and Clowney over the last two years has shown that he's kind of being revitalized as a pass rusher, even being able to drop back. He's got a lot of his athleticism back. Um, he's got that burst off the line again, and he's shown that he can help a team win. Right. So obviously there's a money situation there. Now, if before we get into other potential landing places for uh, Clowney, what do we think if Seattle can land him again, right? We're talking right. about adding Jamal Adams and Super Bowl contention. We know defense can win Super Bowls, right? I mean, the Broncos right. proved that. Um, so what do we think if, if they sign, if they re-sign Jadavian? Now they got Jamal Adams, right? Added to their long list of great defensive players they have on their squad right now. Does that change anything? Oh... Uh... It could. Um, I mean, it really could. Because then you're taking a top probably, I'd say right now they're probably in a top five to seven defense in the league with Jamal Adams being added. If you then add Clowney to that, you're probably moving up into the top three. And, you know, with Josh Gordon appealing his suspension again and with marijuana being legalized in the NFL, um, that's not something that he has to worry about. And he's proven, he, he said a hundred times that he played better high. So that, you know, <laughs> this would give him that ability i guess um how does you know even if they don't bring josh gordon back right obviously they have a lot of other offensive weapons they're gonna score whether or not they've proven that they can score without a uh a clear running game in the past obviously you know when it comes down to it you get first second round of playoffs you know, the running game matters a lot more that's that's been shown time and year and year again um but i'm just your top three defense and you got russell wilson even just dk metcalf on the other side i think that they're a force to be reckoned with i don't i don't know personally if i mean the cardinals are going to be stepping it up this year i mean you got they got deandre hopkins now unfortunately um (laughs) we'll see we'll see which rams team shows up this season but you at least got the 49ers in that division you at least have two solid teams i'm 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 imagining that the cardinals are going to be a solid team this year um you got two solid teams in that division so I, I, I don't know. I think it definitely adds it, but I'm not 100% sure if it kind of puts them over the the hump to take that division. And the biggest and that's the biggest thing is the fact that they're in the same division as the 49ers. People who just went to the Super Bowl uh, maintained a lot of their same personnel. Uh, they have their same running backs, except for didn't they lose? They didn't lose Raheem Mostert. Well, I just I just read that Mostert requested a trade. Oh, I didn't um, see that. Now, this was uh, probably so July 8th uh, running back Raheem Mostert requests trade from 49ers officially oh that's right Matt Breed is with the Dolphins now yeah so I mean you know who knows whether Mostert I feel like the only reason he would request to leave is if they basically informed him that hey you're not you're not going to be starting which leads me to believe that Jarek McKinnon is going to be is back and healthy and is going to be the number one back there and that Mostert was kind of informed that and he's like yo I played balls last year and I deserve a starting spot and he wants out um and well to his credit he did play balls last year absolutely and I think that it's basically it might not just be that it might not just be a pride thing obviously the way he the way that he played 
I think he felt like his contract his contract should be readjusted. And I guess the 49ers just weren't they just weren't having it. They're like, oh, listen, we're not we're not we just paid Jarek McKinnon all this money last season for him to go down with a knee injury. Um, you know, we're not uh we're not willing to do that right now. <laughs> nope. We are not willing. So that yeah, I, th- I think that uh it definitely helps them. It's definitely a step up, but I don't know if it's gonna put them over the top to uh to be a Super Bowl contender. I think that the Arizona Cardinals actually it, for every time every three times they play, Arizona's coming away with at least one victory, I think, with their roster this year. So um next on the agenda is Alex Smith. Um cleared for practice. Uh let's see, NFL quarterback Alex Smith told ESPN Friday he's been cleared by his surgical team to resume football activities following his horrific leg injury that kept him off field with Washington since November of 2018. I know a little bit about this because it was my Houston Texans that uh took him out. Um my one of my one of my really good friends is actually a Washington fan and he was talking smack because Washington started to get a little bit of momentum and then he goes down. He I, he, I remember he texted me, blew me up like eight texts in a row like, "Yo, that was so dirty." blah blah. blah. I'm like, "Bro, like it's football. Come on." <laughs> Like he got hit. What I mean, what do you what do you I mean, what are you gonna do? And I mean big credit to Alex Smith. That is not easy. He had a tibula and fibula fracture. Both of his uh both of the bones in his lower legs legs were broken. I mean, if you watched the video, you saw that stuff fold. Oh yeah. It was not pretty. And the exact same thing happened to Joe Theismann back in the day and it ended his career. He never came back. Yeah, I d I don't think I I don't think there was anybody outside of maybe some medical professionals, which obviously we don't know their um you know how they really felt because we're not talking to them every day obviously um i mean you saw that and then they announced what like 17 surgeries is what it took plus it, after like the third surgery they know they they said there was like a huge infection it was like a life-threatening infection that came after like the third surgery Ugh. and i mean this guy like one shows his love for the game if he comes of back of course I mean, and I haven't read anywhere that that he has officially like said that he wants to play. Um, everything I've been reading is that he's basically cleared to play. I don't right. know if he has 100% intentions on continuing that, or if now that means, hey, you're cleared. Let's figure out this contract and figure out what we're gonna do with you. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, he says he's had. He says, "quote I've healed a lot." They said that given the combination of the rod and where I was with the healing process, I had zero limit and could even resume some football activities um you know so i don't basically sounds like the rod is still in there and probably going to be in there forever it's Uh, probably going to be in there forever and i i don't know for one i don't know how the the nfl is going to feel about that right like um are they going to be okay with like hey you got a metal rod in your leg (laughs) (laughs) well i mean is that considered performance enhancing you're basically a robot Uh, well, I mean, back in the day, there was a kicker that was missing the entire front chunk of his foot, and they considered that performance enhancing, so who knows what the NFL will do. Um, yeah, that's, that was, I remember watching videos of that guy. That was insane. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, I don't think I'd consider that performance enhancing. The question that comes to mind right after this is, what, this, what does this mean for Dwayne Haskins? You know what I mean? He took over as the starter uh, about halfway, a quarter of the way through last season, and uh, still couldn't get anything going 
going unless he was thrown to you know Terry McLaurin. But uh, I, I, my my personal him. opinion is that if Alex Smith is can get to one hundred percent and they believe that he can be healthy and and perform, that Dwayne Haskins needs to go back to where he should be have been this entire time, which is a third string quarterback. Third string quarterback behind. I don't even care who was behind. Like Haskins <laughs> does not have the talent to to be a winner in the NFL. I don't. I mean, the only thing that he has is a strong arm, not an accurate I mean, arm. A str- he has a very strong arm. Outside of that, he makes terrible judgment calls. He cannot. Nobody like I remember reading last year that like he was losing. He was losing the locker room. Um, right. You know, he's not a very. Uh, I remember when he was playing in uh, Ohio State. So I'm a Penn State fan. So I remember when he was playing in Ohio State. Like the big rumor was he just he didn't have the locker room. He was a quiet person. He didn't have like that uh, that quality of a leader. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think that Haskins. And I never personally thought that Haskins was uh, the um, the answer for the newly appointed Washington football team. <laughs> Washington football team. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> when they announced that, I I don't remember where I was. Oh, I remember. Where, I was actually laying in bed in the morning. I woke up and was just scrolling through Bleacher Report and saw uh, that they announced their name. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like I want to see what it is. And I get on the Washington football team has been announced. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, okay, what's that mean? Like, what's what's the name? And I scroll down. The official name is the Washington football team. <laughs> i'm like what the i have no idea what is going through the they literally have to have the absolute worst marketing and pr team worst creative development team in the history of any organization if you can't come up with a name that fits your market that is creative that you know would go great on merchandise that people that your fan base would love after you uh change your name in two weeks like you've had about two weeks to think this out not only that but this conversation has been going on for how long two years three years now like you'd think they'd have some sort of contingency plan or like hey maybe just in case we change it we come up with an idea two ideas three ideas we have like a handful of ideas that way if it ever happens we can just jump on it now they're saying that they're not even close to a new, <laughs> that, that the process is going to take 16 to 18 months and that they're expecting it to be ready before the 2022 season. Oh my God. Are they serious? 2022 that is disgusting it's not hard legitimately <laughs> it's just sit down pitch some names find something that fits there was a dude who trademarked 44 names of, yeah. of possible like things that they could go with and he they interviewed him and they said yeah whatever they want i'll give it to them so you have a selection of 44 names that you can start i mean honestly if you can't decide on anything after that roll a d20 and go from there <laughs> Yeah, no, I remember that conversation coming up when they first announced that, um, that they were going to, that, uh, this guy got those 40 names or whatever. I was like, dude, this guy's so smart. He's about to charge them a million dollars, you know, just for the name. And it comes out that he's actually a Redskins fan who did it for them. I was like, oh, okay. It's not as cool, yeah, well, but I, 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 I can kind of see that. <laughs> I mean, as, as, as a Cowboys fan, it's, it's not as cool to, no. <laughs> they didn't get, they didn't get burnt, but whatever. Oh man. Well, we'll move on from the, cause I can honestly make fun of the Washington football team for about an hour. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to move on from that and move to old uh, Patrick Mahomes and his uh, signed 10-year contract extension that includes incentives worth a total of $503 million 
The contract Patty includes boy. just over $63 million in guaranteed money at the point of signing, and 141 is guaranteed over the contract term in the event of an injury. So basically, if he goes out week two, breaks both knees and his right shoulder, he's still getting $141 million plus the $63 million that he got at the time of signing. Um, Which is still more than every other quarterback in the league insane in like this literally shows that the way that we value our sports entertainment in the united states of america is almost it's it's unheard of it's cracked is what it is it's it's insane i mean honestly not i'm not saying that i i necessarily disagree or agree with how much sports players get paid I, i don't really get into that but i mean to me coming from a business person if the market's there and they can deem the value as acceptable and they can say hey that's you know this makes sense for us then hey i'm it's not up to me to say that that's a bad business decision because i i don't know your organization i don't know your need like i mean i can look at it from the outside but that's it so while 503 million dollars over 10 years seems outrageous to me for any job um Mm -hmm. if they deem it as acceptable i mean i think that the as long as he stays healthy that the chiefs will be in in super bowl contention for the next 10 years for sure i mean if you look at it like who else in the nfl could possibly you know earned a 503 million dollar contract besides patrick mahomes the first year he was the starter he was the regular season mvp the second season he started he won the super bowl and was this and was the super bowl mvp i mean the kid is a transcendent talent and you don't get those across your desk except once in a blue moon honestly i see the chiefs being the new patriots in the in the afc where they're always that team that's in contention and i mean big ups to the chiefs for winning uh ending that 50-year drought big ups to andy reed for ending his drought always he's always been a quality coach he just can get over that hump for some reason Here, here's my only concern with paying one person that much money you know when it comes when tyree kills contract comes up when travis kelsey's contract comes up when everybody else's contract comes up that is you know five-star talent is gonna have to get five-star money like this team's not gonna be able to stay together they got maybe two to three more years before this team starts to break apart not saying they can't bring other people in for less money you know uh a mid quality a mid talent uh veteran who may have a year or two left and just wants to win a super bowl maybe um come in for like vet minimum but maybe they'll sign terrell owens and chad ochocinco over the next couple years i I really don't know. I mean, watching Terrell Owens run against Tyreek Hill in a, in a freaking on Facebook YouTube man, video. Like, I'm like, Terrell T.O. still got it. Like he's he I, ran a four four. Like I mean, he's still got it. Like and he's still got the size. I'm like, I'm waiting for. I'm waiting to see the announcement that uh, Chad Ochocinco and Terrell Owens want to come back and play football again. <laughs> Pull a Gronk. I, I would not be against it. The, you know, the fact that the Gronk is in the top five tight ends uh, on Madden is, is kind of mind boggling. After you take a year off because unless they're just going off of his last season like he obviously has he didn't play last year so like what what are you what are you basing your evaluation yeah like where are you getting these stats is he even the same guy probably not i mean look what happened to jason witten yeah and i mean gronk got small too not i mean in gronk's not small period but no in gronk terms like you see him now he lost quite a bit of muscle mass and he's he's skinnier now now one could say 
that that might be good. He yes. might be quicker. Um, but one of the big things for him has always been his size. His being a red zone target, like he he was just stronger than everybody. He would manhandle the ball, and yeah, no, you lose forty pounds of muscle. All of a sudden, are you, are you going to be able to manhandle that person in the red zone anymore? I mean, it's six and it's it's literally the you that he's he's healthy now. He's had a year to get over his you know his injury problems, and on the other side of the coin, you could argue he's been away from the game and he's lost forty pounds of muscle. It does is he still the same Gronk? I mean, only time's going to be able to tell. I hope he is. I'd like to see Tom Brady and Gronk win a Super Bowl somewhere else. Uh, just personally, I, I think that it would prove the that Tom Brady is not just a system quarterback and and uh, can win without Belichick. So I, I'd like I'd personally like to see them. Uh, honestly, I'd like to see them take the Super Bowl this year and just retire and be done and just make room for the next person to take over and and uh, you know take over that mantle from Tom Brady and just try to win. You know how awesome would it be? He wins this year. They retire, goes out. I mean, you see Patty Mahomes just kind of take over that role and just be that guy and just for the next 20 years you know like it, it would be yeah it would be so awesome to see something like that happen that's why i love sports like the cinderella stories like something happens you're just like you couldn't write that any better no you really no you don't find this anywhere else honestly so moving on to uh i don't want to spend too much time on this but they the uh nfl and nflpa did come to an agreement on the COVID 19 um restrictions coming for this season and i know that there were a lot of players speaking up on social media about listen we want to play football but if we're not if if there's nothing in place to keep us safe um to keep staff safe uh we're you know we're willing to sit out uh, so i think that there was a rush on it um and according to the to pro football talk players cannot attend indoor nightclubs indoor bars except to pick up food indoor house parties with more than 15 people indoor concerts professional sporting events or indoor church services that allow attendance above 25 percent capacity one the last one's kind of crazy for them to say like you can't go to church um yeah but i get it um you know it also says players are cut who are caught breaking the rules or subject to fines could also be docked game checks have future guarantees in their contracts voided if they test positive for the coronavirus after committing those violations um i'm sure that there would be a point where they say hey uh you can't play this year you know uh if they if they if it's a continuous situation um but yeah i mean you know if you go on and look at the nflpa's um little assessment that they put out with every bro- everything broken down for like even during the physicals and equipment stages in august uh the ramp up period is august 16th 12th through the 16th given a little bit more time on the field and, and everything um you know they're going to be tested quite often i know the mlb right now announced they're testing every two days with saliva tests like every two yeah. days that's insane um but it looks like even during the gradual ramp up period there's no live contact so you're you're midway through August with no contact. Yeah, no, and I mean, it's weird times. There's not really much that you can do about it. All you can do is just kind of come up with a plan and just wing it from there because there's really no precedence for, you know, trying to run a sports league in the midst of a global pandemic. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like I said, I didn't want, I didn't want to talk too, uh, too long on it, just that there was a, uh, it is in place, so that's good to me. That means that, you know, a lot of the, the players are now going to focus on playing and uh i think that that's going to be awesome they did uh, so the the salary cap will remain at 198.2 million uh cap floor will be 175 million in 2021 with the possibility of it being rates higher um 
Any financial losses due to the possibility of fans not attending games or limited attendance due to COVID-19 will be spread out over the next four years. Players can opt out of the season. Those deemed high risk can earn $350,000, while those who aren't deemed high risk can earn $150,000. We just saw the player, the uh, uh, lineman from the Chiefs opt out. He's actually a, a certified doctor. Um, he said he just does not feel comfortable playing. Went from, I think, he went from a couple million dollars he was going to earn to 150000 you know, I mean, hey, good for him. Stand up for your beliefs. If you don't feel safe, you know, don't don't do it. Um, if the season is canceled, players who made the roster will earn a three hundred thousand dollars stipend, and there will be no preseason games this season. So very very interesting. Um, I don't think it's it's a huge deal, but I don't think there's anything in it that is going to be crazy. You know, there's no bubble. Uh, there's no. From what I read, there's nothing like that. So um, I, I, don't, I don't mind some of the precautions. I just hope they allow me to go see watch football game this year, man. Like that's yeah, uh, it's uh, they're they're coming. I think I think the the Texans are coming to I think Washington this year. It's either Washington or Baltimore. Um, I haven't checked the schedule in a while, but I really want to go watch the game. And uh, if yeah, they if they don't allow me to, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be upset. Oh, I mean, more than anything, it's just the the country needs something to look to for just a sense of normalcy after all this weirdness. So I really think that you know. It's gonna be good for. It'll be chicken soup for the soul. Yeah, I haven't heard that in a long time. Bringing out, bringing out the classics. Uh, moving on to former MVP quarterback Cam Newton agrees to a one-year deal with the Patriots. Um, honestly, I go back and forth with it. I, I definitely think that Cam Newton should have been picked like a, lo- a long time ago. Um, oh, yeah. But I'm not sure that the Patriots were the best spot for him given their um, their system of quarterbacks that they've basically went through over the past decade or more have been pocket passers, have been not very athletic quarterbacks, obviously with Tom Brady in there. Uh, could Runs like a 6 2 4 um you know so i'm not 100 percent sure i mean you look at garoppolo even stidham when they bring in quarterbacks bring like brian hoyer like all these guys are they're pocket passers like they're they're not known for making things happen with their feet so i am i excited to see how they adapt that new england offense to cam newton's play style and but i'm also extremely motivated by some of his social media posts and the way that he's been talking and responding and he's like i've never seen this version of cam newton before i've never like nobody's ever seen it he's like i'm explosive you know i'm motivated you know i I think i'm anxious to see it like i i can't wait to see what happens especially with a, a skilled backfield that New England has. The only concern is obviously the wide receiver core. Right. You know, outside of Julian Edelman, who's he throwing to consistently? Is Mohamed Sanu going to be healthy? Um, so I think there are some concerns, but I am anxious. What do you think? Um, I think if anybody's going to be able to adapt a, a scheme to a new style of quarterback, it's going to be Belichick. The man has proven that he can take a turd, polish it, and drive it all the way to some sort of contention. It might not be the Super Bowl, but nine times out of ten, where do they end up? At least the AFC Championship. So, so I mean... So, so what you're saying is Bill Belichick drives turds. Sure. Wow. I mean, if you want to take it that way, <laughs> go right on ahead. But, I mean, if you want to... if I mean, take a look at their wide receiver core. They had Julian Edelman, Mohamed Sanu, who went down. I mean, they used to have Flash Gordon, and then they gambled a, they gambled a week with um, Antonio Brown, and look how that ended up. Yeah. So, I mean... I don't know. It's if anybody's going to be able to take something and make something out of it, it's going to be Bill Belichick and taking somebody that has, you know, exhibited the talent 
Newton has and getting it into somebody who can ex- create a scheme it, it, it it's it's a recipe for disaster for the entire AFC North which I mean un, I mean up until the Cam Newton signing I thought the Bills had a had a chance and I mean they still do but comma uh Cam Newton to the Patriots just makes it to where it's it almost feels like it's going to be another year of drudgery where it's okay Patriots and who else so I, I hear ramblings. Obviously, Antonio Brown's been coming out against the NFL over the past two weeks, like saying, hey, like this is my future you're talking about. Like, can you please finish your investigation? It's taken a year. Um, right. There's been ramblings that the New England Patriots, given the outcome of the investigation, may still be interested in bringing Antonio Brown back. That the clubhouse loved him, that the, that the clubhouse loved him, that the team loved him uh belichick like they got along i don't think belichick loves anybody besides tom brady but they got along <laughs> like you know if they brought him back and had julian edelman and antonio brown cam newton a quarterback the backfield that they have like they they yes they instantly become uh the super bowl favorite i would say uh now they did lose some defensive um key players and even some offensive line key players but like you said belichick will will take a one-star college recruit and basically turn him into a five-star lineman in the nfl so that to me is like something I, I wouldn't really be worried about, but I think that it would uh it would be awesome there. So moving on to your favorite conversation about how bad the Dallas Cowboys are, their front office. Hey, 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 um, hey, hey. Dak Prescott and Cowboy Dak Prescott and Cowboys don't agree to long term deal before deadline. Um I'm gonna let you kind of take uh, control of this conversation here and, and tell me what your what your true feelings are. And I, I want to hear at least two bashings, one of of the court of the Cowboys in general, and two of Jerry Jones. Okay. Um. So you want two bashings? Well, I'm gonna bash the Cowboys for um for accidentally drafting a talent for a fourth round draft pick and ending up in a situation where they need to sign somebody that's extremely talented to a good deal. Oh darn. Uh, but no, it, what it really boils down to is the reports coming out that they were at the 11th hour, they were trying to get something done, but they just ran out of time. So Dak has played, Dak played the entire last season betting on himself and he threw for almost 5,000 yards and a crap ton of touchdowns. So more than anything, it's just Dak's betting on himself for another season. He's still getting paid 31 million and for the season, which is a huge upgrade from the pennies comparatively. He was being paid on his rookie track, so... I mean, I mean, 31.4 million for a quarterback is still nothing to sneeze at. I think he made, I think think he made, to me, it's like, you know, I get it. You want a long-term deal, but almost $32 million to play for a season. Like that's still pretty dang good money. Oh no. And it's a huge upgrade from what he was getting paid. They completely squandered his rookie contract. uh, Having somebody at the head coach, like, um, I don't know, the clapper, Jason Garrett. So more than anything, it's it's just a matter of time, is what it all boils down to. The the big hang-up is that the Cowboys wanted to sign him for five years, and Dak wanted to sign for four, because Dak knows that the market's going to be even better for him in four years, and he's trying to get something out of it. The Cowboys completely screwed up on this signing. They should have just given him the four years and locked him up, and they would have been able to have much better cap management and more to do with. If they had that, they could have probably afforded uh, uh, Jamal Adams' salary, or Genevieve Clowney's salary, or such and such and such and such. 
Man, can you and, imagine if you added Jadavian Clowney to that linebacking core in the Cowboys? That would be... Oh my god, we'd have... We have Alden Smith, who just got reinstated. We'd have, obviously, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Gerald McCoy, Dontari Poe, Le uh, Leighton Vanderesh, Sean Lee, and Jalen Smith, plus Jadevian, uh, Jadevian Clowney. That's absolutely, like, I don't want to talk about the feelings that I'm feeling right now because there might be years around, but... Mm -hmm. um, just know that they're incredibly positive. So what would your outlook be if, um, so obviously this is Watson's last season signed in Houston as well. What if uh, the Houston Texans make uh, stupid decisions like they have been doing and decide, hey, we're just going to try to play the market or try to draft a quarterback and move on from Deshaun Watson. And the Cowboys can't come to an agreement with Dak. And uh, Dak ends up playing for Houston and Deshaun ends up playing for the Cowboys. What would your... What would your thoughts be? I like Dak. I like Dak a crap ton. He's one of he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to come out uh, in a very long time. I mean, look at the guy. He's well behaved compared to everyone compared to a lot of people in the league. You never see him in trouble. Um, he has the locker room, you know, wrapped up in a bow. It's one of the most disciplined locker rooms you've seen in a long time after the exit of Des Bryant. No hate on Des Bryant, but the the guy knew what he wanted and he was very vocal about it. Um, and uh, he he's ascending as a quarterback he's starting to get into that top 10 uh not quite top five but getting there depending on the next season conversation where he just keeps improving and he has this drive to improve so i would definitely mourn the loss of dak prescott now in exchange for deshaun watson who is basically the same thing just a little less strong of an arm and a little bit more mobile behind you know the great wall of dallas i could see something great happening there but more than anything i'd kind of just stay where he's at i want to see what uh, uh, Mike McCarthy can do with him um, and what he can do with a broken wide receiver and just a broken skill position core in general with Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, who broke out last season for over a thousand yards. And now we're throwing CD Lamb into the mix. I mean, come on, the guy's destined to ball out and get a good deal. Well, good. I didn't want to give you Deshaun anyway. Yeah. You, um, yeah. You can keep him in his fucked up lung. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I like, I like Deshaun. I think that there's definitely uh, things that can be altered, but um, he needs to focus on, but I think he's a, uh, I love him as a leader. And I think that he's uh he's, he's very, brings a lot of sunshine to an organization that uh, may otherwise be in the storm. Um, so moving on to uh, just some head coach moves. Again, don't want to get too far into this. Um, you know, new head coaches in the league this year, uh, Matt Roll, Carolina Panthers, Joe Judge, New York Giants, Ron Rivera, the Washington football team. Um, <laughs> Kevin Stefanski, Cleveland Browns, and obviously Mike McCarthy to the Dallas Cowboys, probably being the number one um, coaching move of the season. I think that that's, you're going to see the biggest impact there. But I do want to see how Kevin does in Cleveland. Obviously, there's a lot of talent there, a lot of talent oh in God. Cleveland. Um, I think that if Baker Mayfield can kind of reel in his uh, – I don't even want to say reel in his ego because I do like a quarterback that has a bit of an ego. Um, right. But – reel it in to the point where he realizes he's not the I in team and that he has a great running a great backfield a great core of wide receivers um a solid defense like there's there's a lot 
to that team. Um, the rest of the moves, I mean, I think you could have went with a broomstick and had uh, a better quarterback, a better uh, coaching outcome at, at, in New York at the Giants organization. So uh, of Joe, course. Joe Judge is, to me, a little bit uh, – doesn't have a lot of experience in the sort of coaching that he's going to be getting into. But, I mean, hey, sometimes you got to just throw that dice and hope that it lands on six. So, yeah. Um, the other ones well, I don't, I don't really have to their, too uh, big of a too big of a, a say in one way or another, to be honest. Yeah, no, the other ones have experience in a lot of coordination pedigrees. Uh, speaking on the Giants, you know who they signed to their offensive coordinator, right? Yeah, the Clapper, Jason Garrett. So, I mean, while they got while they took the broomstick and you know <laughs> kicked it out of the head coach spot, they just got a they got a mop and put it in off coordinator. So we'll see what. Yeah, no, and Matt Rule to the Panthers. I'm not a. Uh... <sighs> I, I'm not against it. I was not a big fan of him at Baylor. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, he, he did do a good thing at Temple, kind of turned that program around a little bit. Um, had some solid seasons at Baylor, but I don't know if he's the type of guy to come in and take the take the locker room and, and take the team and, and really turn it around like, like uh, New Eng- or, um, North Carolina needs with the you know, losing of Cam Newton and, and stuff like that. But I we'll see. And again, I think Ron Rivera is just a lackluster. I think they wanted somebody to come in with experience that could win games and, and just kind of, uh, you know, take them from there. So we'll see. But I, I am excited to see Mike McCarthy in Dallas and actually see what Dallas Dallas can do under a, a good head coach that actually can make good decisions. Um, so that, and that not you, you should be happy about kicker. that. Oh yeah, I'm I'm ecstatic about it. So the last thing to get into before we uh, call the first episode back in in a year is uh, just to kind of go over some rough uh, first picks early in the season uh, per division. So I was thinking, you know, basically just uh, who's your top pick? Maybe if there's a if there's a second that's that's a possibility. Um, kind of go from there. My, uh, I'm gonna go a- AFC North first. Um, okay. So obviously you have the Ravens. I think the Ravens are, and again, I don't want to say clear cut because I think the Browns, if if coached correctly, the Browns have a lot of talent, and I think that they have a defense. They have, uh, I mean, even Miles Garrett on the outside. Like they, they got they got some speed on defense. They might be able to contain Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I use contain. He, nobody can contain Lamar contain Jackson. Contain Lamar but, Jackson. I was just but, about to say. You realize the words that just came out of your mouth. Right? But but partially contain Lamar Jackson. Um, so I mean, I'm gonna say the Ravens, but I think if the Browns can turn their attitude around and actually play together that they actually have a solid uh, chance there yeah i mean my consensus is the ravens as well i mean they they kept the majority of everything and then they they got calais campbell on the d-line on top of that now i mean what more could you ask for i mean uh my second would have to be my second would have to be the steelers honestly i mean much respect to joe burrow and what but i mean the cleveland browns i don't think they have it even with all the talent it's just basically they threw a bunch of things into a team and they're probably going to clash and it's a new head coach so with big ben coming back and uh, mike tomlin has a great pedigree is a good coach always has a good thumb on the locker room you know what i mean um if anybody's going to be in contention it's going to be the steelers all right here i'm going to give you a second here to take that back ready <laughs> all right so who do you think is going to win the nfc no i'm just kidding uh so my, my my only my only concern about the steelers is 
their lack of wide receivers. So even if Ben Roethlisberger comes back, I don't know who he throws the ball to other than Juju Smith-Schuster, who proved last year that he cannot be the number one receiver getting double teamed and, and win the matchup. So um, AFC East, to me, this one's a little open right now. I, I think that depending on how the Patriots go when it comes to what acquisitions or how their wide receiver core looks outside of Julian Edelman, um, I, I think is going to be a huge impact because obviously cam newton doesn't have anybody to throw to uh the arm doesn't really matter at that point um right so as of right now i'm going to say it's the buffalo bills josh allen um proved that he can win very strong arm mobile quarterback uh needs to make better decisions but he's getting there he's learning every year getting better every year in that regard um so i think i think the bills have it right now but could easily be changed to the patriots if they make some type of move at the wide receiver position and and cam newton is the cam newton of five years ago yeah no if cam newton is the cam newton of five years ago there's almost no contest if he can turn back the clock then it's going to be the patriots because it's hard to stop a, what a 6'4", 250-pound runner that moves like a freight train and can throw the ball. I mean, come on now. But um, one thing that I'm interested to see in um, inside the AFC East, and my consensus is the same as yours, the Buffalo Bills are breathe right there breathing on the neck. But what I want to see is who's actually going to be the worst team because the Miami Dolphins, uh, they tanked for Tua, and they got a bunch of good picks out of the draft. I mean, come on. So let's. I'm interested to see who – if they're going to be able to step up from that five and 11 season last year. And I mean, it's, it's going to, it's going to be the jets, the J E T S jets, jets, jets are going to be in last place in the AFCs. Um, all right. So AFC South, obviously I'm kind of a uh, partial here, um, <laughs> but I'm not going to let that skew my vision. I think that it's, I think that it's going to be between the Titans and the Texans again. Um, and the reason why I'm throwing the Texans in there, obviously we made a lot of bad decisions, but I think that everything is going to come out for the best when it comes to Deshaun being able to spread the ball out more. He's not going to have that true number one security blanket that he had in Hopkins. And, and there were many times that he tried to force the ball to D-Hop that I think with the, with the wide receiver core we have now, bringing Brandon Cooks in, if we can stay healthy, that's going to be the biggest issue with our receiver core. If uh, Whenever I'm making these picks, I'm going with the if the team that is put on the field week one is the team that should be put on the field based on injuries and everything, um, uh, we're going to have a super fast wide receiver core. I mean, oh, no doubt. All, all the way around, even down to the slot receiver, even bringing in a veteran guy like Randall Cobb to kind of work with Kiki Kuti and, and you know, the younger slot receivers that we have. Um, we have a lot, and, and our defense is, is pretty solid. It's not the greatest. Um, it's never let you down, but it's not going to win you a game. Right, right. And I mean, our offense definitely wins games for us. But the Titans, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to the Titans. I think that the Titans are the highest skilled team in the division. I think that we're going right. to push it just like we did last year. Um, and honestly, if our if we can stay healthy and if our defense plays at minimum as well as they did last year, then I think we're going to be right there in the same spot we were with the tech with the Titans. And uh, you know, I think that the Jaguars and the Colts have a solid squad, but just not all around. And and you know, Philip Rivers going to the Colts, yeah. You, now you got a veteran quarterback, but the rest of your offense is uh, outside of your backfield is less than be less than be desired of 
you know, you got T.Y. Hilton, but um, T.Y. Hilton's missed at least half the season over the last two two years. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm going to give it to Titans, but with the chance that the Texans uh, make it up there. Yeah, I mean, the thing with the Texans is that after you decided to, uh, you know, make the one of the biggest mistakes you've ever had and uh, trade out DeAndre Hopkins, now your wide receiver core starting is, you know, Kenny Stills, Kiki Kukiti, Will Fuller, Brando Cooks, and Randall Cobb. But the upside is now your wide receiver core is Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, Kiki Kuti, Brandon Cooks, and Randall Cobb, which is nothing to sniff at. <laughs> um, but uh, honestly, in my opinion, it all depends on whether or not Ryan Tannehill can capture the magic of the postseason last last year. I mean, he was on a tear. Um, Derrick Henry. I was gonna say, Bart, does it does it matter? Does it does it matter when you have Derrick Henry and you actually start <laughs> giving him the ball? Yeah, no. Honestly, it all depends on whether or not they can catch lightning in a bottle again and if ryan Tannehill's finally stepped up into a quarterback that a lot of people actually said he was from the get-go if he wasn't on the dolphins so i mean lots in the air there but i agree it's going to come down between the texans and, and i i, I just i remember watching you know derrick henry coming out of college and just the way that, that you know they signed Dion lewis and like Dion lewis is going to be our guy and i'm like Dion lewis no. Dion lewis from from the patriots <laughs> That, that basically all he did was catch the ball out of the backfield for four years? Like, what do you mean, guy? Like, Derrick Henry is a beast, and then they didn't give him the ball at all. I think he was averaging, like, five to eight carries his first year. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, we don't, we're not sure about the, the reliability, the dependability, the long-lasting. Bro's, like, 6'2", or, like, like 6'6", six, six, like, 300 pounds. Like, what do you mean, dependability? <laughs> he's the you size of the man. He's the size of a, li- a middle linebacker. Like... <laughs> So I'm glad they, that he's finally proving his worth, and they finally gave him the opportunity last year to really um, to Get show that. There. So AFC West, um, Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers. I, I think the Chargers are going to obviously come in last in the division um, again. I think that well, it's going to be between them and the Broncos, honestly, because the Broncos have a good backfield, but the the question there is obviously the quarterback position. Um, right. Who are they going to start? Who's going to finish the season? Um, I think the Raiders have, uh, they're going to be a lot better team this year. I think, I think you're going to see them come out with a winning record, but definitely it's, it's going to be the chiefs in the AFC West. No, there's no doubt oh, about that. No doubt. I mean, look at their lineup to Tyree kill, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, George Kittle. I mean, come on. I mean, there is no more complete. Well, team, George, at least George, George Kittle doesn't play for the chiefs. Oh, did I get the wrong one? Travis Kelsey. My bad. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. My bad. My bad. Bruh. Oh, come on. <laughs> Hit you with the bruh. No, no, I, 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 uh, I, I it's funny because I knew who you were talking about. Like you said Kittle. I'm like, wait, did he just say Kittle? He meant Kelsey. Um, <laughs> but, uh, all right. So unanimous there. I, I don't think there's any, um, any chance that there's anybody no else catches up there. The NFC North, you got the Bears, the Lions, the Packers, and the Vikings probably going to end up being one of the worst divisions, I think, in the NFL this year. And I, but think? I think, yeah, I, I don't think, I think they're going to, I think the Bears are going to have a quarterback issue. I think they're going to have a locker room issue um, by bringing Nick Foles in. I mean, it basically shows that you're not content with your with your uh, the players you have a quarterback, which is rightfully so. Now, it, it is, but at the end of the day, you know, to come out last year and say he's your guy, and then you know, then you bring in Nick Foles, a Super Bowl winning quarterback who um, doesn't have really any history outside of winning outside of like two seasons um, that he had solid, very solid defenses and very solid offensive people around him um i mean because it's definitely his fault that his collarbone 
broke in like the first game. Well, I'm talking even even when he played for Philly and won the Super Bowl, he wasn't the greatest quarterback. He didn't put up great numbers. He put up enough numbers to win games based on the way the defense defense played. And fair enough, you know. Uh, but I think here it's the Packers all day. I think the Packers are going to have a Aaron Jones, Devonte. Uh, I'm a dude. I almost went back. Devonte Freeman. <laughs> I, I, I put. I put. <laughs> I put uh the old packers receiver freeman and and uh Devontae from the well previously of the falcons um previously together and made one name no so um Devontae adams and uh aaron Rodgers just just alone i mean i think that in the way that aaron Rodgers has something to prove this season i think especially with the way that madden did him dirty he's already come out and said like yo like no like this is oh, not god. this is not all right like oh god he's like the six six rated quarterback on madden i think oh god like no is this that's not okay um right but i'm i'm going i'm going packers and i may if the bears can get their um offense figured out maybe the bears have a chance but i'm going with the uh with the packers in this one i think the vikings are still too um they don't know what to do they don't know which direction they're going dalvin cook will have a pretty good year kirk cousins will have a mediocre year but i don't think there's enough there to warrant like a playoff position and the lions are just going to be as dysfunctional as they always are um It'll, it'll, it'll be the Packers there. Right. No, I agree. It's probably going to be the Packers. But I think you're not giving the Vikings enough credit. I mean, yeah, sure. Cousins is going to have a mediocre year, probably. Dalvin Cook is going to have an outstanding season, probably. But, I mean, look how far they, they went 10-6 and six last season doing that exact same thing. And Dalvin Cook, whenever he's healthy, is nigh, un, nigh unstoppable. Yeah, but, here, but here's you the thing. You forget they had Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs last year. Who They didn't have Adam Thielen because he was hurt for like well he was hurt he was okay so for three quarters of the year they had adam thielen (laughs) and (laughs) i mean when you have adam thielen on one side and you have stefan diggs on the other side and you have kyle rudolph running down the middle whenever he's healthy um i mean that makes a big impact like now it's adam thielen tajay sharp you know courtney davis kj osborne who who? (laughs) yeah i was about to say literally the only name that has any recognition out of the five people you named was adam thielen i mean you got tajay sharp you know he did play well with uh the titans for a a year or two but there's no depth there so like cousins is already known as a quarterback with not the greatest accuracy and doesn't make the greatest mental decisions but now who's he gonna throw to outside of cook coming out of the backfield and Thielen? like i I, I just that's that's my biggest thing it's not i'm not saying they don't have skill like at the quarterback and especially the running back position uh, i know they brought in amir abdullah too and amir abdullah will be a nice change of pace from dalvin cook you know c- catching the ball out of the backfield but who are they gonna throw the ball to i mean fair fair like that's, that, that's my biggest thing. They have a decent defense, but I don't. I just don't know. You can't rely 100% on the running game when you have Dalvin Cook back there. He's not as big as Derrick Henry. And he's not as reliable. He, he can't carry the ball 25 times a game. It's just not going to happen. Right. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see. I just, again, I just don't see them being able to stand up to the Packers toe-to-toe. I mean, I think right. if you play them five times, I think the Packers win four out of five. Um, right. They might win a game in Minnesota, you know, but... Right. Um, 
we'll go NFC East. We got we got three more divisions. NFC East, obviously, I know where you're going to go with this, but you got the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Washington football team. Football team. <laughs> the Washington memes. Um, all in all, I honestly, truly believe it's just going to be who wants it more between the Cowboys and the Eagles. It's just going to turn out that far. The Eagles, yeah, sure, they signed Jalen Rager. Uh, nice, quick-cut kid uh, from TCU. Um, but more than anything, it's, it's just going to come down to who wants it more in that division. Um, the Cowboys, honestly, my, my bias is going to show, but looking at the depth charts, comma, I honestly think it's going to be the Cowboys. I mean, take a, one look at that offense and uh, take one look at that defense, and we're just one of, we're one of the deepest teams in the NFL, and I don't think many people can argue that. I think that... This is going to be one of the tougher divisions, and again, like you said, between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Um, I think if you it, you played five games, I don't. I honestly, again, with with the perfect roster, I I don't know who comes up on top. Like a clear, clear cut. I feel like if you played two five game series, like it may go both ways to either time. Um, right. I mean, because if you look at, well, I agree. Um, with your with what you said you have to look at i mean if they're healthy <clears throat> they have right. carson wentz you got miles right. sanders boston scott and Corey clement so you got three running backs that are one is very good in miles sanders out of penn, out of penn state um but boston scott and Corey clement can can get in and they've proven that whenever the starters are out that they can get stuff done um, right but then you got deshaun jackson all sean jeffrey marquise goodwin you got jalen rager greg ward jr like then you got zach Ertz. You know, like, and they actually have a very good line. Jason Kelsey, Jason Peters, Lane Johnson. Like, they have a very solid offense. But again, the biggest thing there is, can they stay healthy? But we're going off of they're healthy, right? Yeah. And, I mean, Deshaun Assuming Jackson. everyone's healthy. Deshaun Jackson's still very fast. Marquise Goodwin, very fast. Jalen Rager, fast. Uh, Greg Ward Jr., fast. But then you have Alshon Jeffrey, who's like 6'6", you know, just good red zone target. Zach Ertz, who has proven to be, um, when Carson's in there, that he's top five tight ends in the game. Um, because him and him and Carson have that, that, they have that spark. They have that relationship that whenever a backup's in there, that they don't have because they don't practice with them all the time. Um, right. But, you know, you look at the defense, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, uh, Jatavis Brown, Darius Slay, Jalen Mills. I mean, like, their defense is nothing to Malik Jackson. Like, their defense is nothing to, you know, to pass gas at. Like, they got, they got a solid team over there. So I think that, if I had, if someone put a gun to my head and said, "Hey, you you got to make it," I'm going to say Cowboys. Fair um, enough. But I think that it's going to be very close. I think it's it's probably it, going to be the closest one-two punch in in the entire league. It's all going to come down to who's going to be the better coach. Is it going to be Mike McCarthy or is it going to be Doug Peterson? Well, Both of them have one between Super Bowl between that and injuries. Yes, I I think that yeah. you know um, if the if the Cowboys have two starting wide receivers go down, it's gonna it's gonna impact greatly because they don't have a large depth outside of their top four. Um, if, if, you know, the Eagles lose a couple wide receivers, they might be in a little bit better position. You know, they still got a JJ. I'm I'm not going to, I'm going to butcher his first name, Arkega Whiteside. Um, you know, obviously Greg Ward Jr. Like they still have a couple guys that are, that are sitting, that they're riding the pine per se, that aren't even Mm -hmm. get a shot unless somebody gets hurt. I mean, obviously you have Marquise Goodwin in there too. The starters are Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey and Jalen Reger. So you got Marquise Goodwin, Whiteside and Greg Ward Jr. as your, (laughs) as your, 
your uh your backups like they're they're not in a terrible position miles sanders go out you still got Corey clement and boston scott you know ezekiel Elliott goes out who's who's the tailback in in dallas if if zeke goes out tony pollard okay so not not bad who's who's after pollard jordan chun <laughs> <laughs> You know, so not. I mean, it, it is obviously rare that two tailbacks go down, but it happens. I mean, you know, look at Miami the last few seasons. But um, yeah, I, th- I think that I think the Cowboys have that one, but it's going to be very, very close. Uh, another another close one, but to me, this has the potential to be close all the way around. Is the NFC South with the Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Buccaneers? And I never thought oh, that I would. Be... I never thought I would say that the NFC South had four high caliber teams but um there's the potential there. yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i can't wait to watch uh drew Brees and um tom brady go at it the buccaneers saints like that's gonna be such a fun game to watch i think um the only thing the buccaneers are missing right now is a run game i mean yeah i i they they sh- I don't know how they they knew they were they got Tom Brady how you don't make any moves for a running, a running back. back like Todd Gurley yeah like if they had gotten Todd Gurley then Tampa Bay Buccaneers all the way but honestly more than anything I really think it's gonna come down between the Saints and the Bucks Falcons I mean who <laughs> <laughs> well who? I mean the Falcons oh they they always surprise everybody I mean they now the fact that they didn't re- they didn't bring back Devonte Freeman um is kind of yeah i I, i'm not sure i 100 percent agree now maybe he just wanted too much money for being hurt last year and whatnot and maybe they knew something that we don't know but um which by the way Devontae would be a great acquisition for tampa bay i mean right now right now they got ronald jones jr as their starting tailback Um, yeah let's just take all the old people with a chip on their shoulder and put them in the tampa bay Buccaneers and see how that goes hey i'm i'm game i mean you imagine right there tom brady Devontae freeman rob gronkowski alone not including not including mike evans chris godwin (laughs) like oj howard and that other tight end that i can't remember his name well oj howard oj howard is gonna be gone um i'd say by at least week three cameron brate is is uh is not quite as good as OJ, but he's he's like he's enough to be the number two behind Rob Gronkowski and be able to use OJ Howard as trade bait. Um, as soon as as soon as Kyle Rudolph goes down or another older tight end goes down in the first few weeks, I see OJ being uh OJ being traded. Um, but I mean the Saints still got a solid solid team. Uh, you can't count out the Panthers with Christian McCaffrey um in their solid defense. But again, the the Falcons might be the weak link, but I just um I, I think with with their wide receiver talent and still with Matt Ryan at the helm, I, I just I think that they still have the chance to I mean Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, just like right there alone gives you gives you an opportunity to win football games. Um they added Hayden Hurst from the Ravens as a solid tight end mm-hmm. so i don't know i mean I'm, i can't count them out i think that obviously in my opinion the saints and the buccaneers are going to be the top two but um it's going to be very close i think i don't think there's going to be any uh any it's not going to be boring there there that's for sure no and imagine if that's like the first playoff game <laughs> buccaneers versus <laughs> saints oh god like that that would be uh that would be very entertaining to watch so i know we, we talked about it a little bit earlier but to finish it off nfc west arizona cardinals Rams, 49ers, Seahawks. Um, what are your thoughts what there? A selection. What a selection. That's my thought. Legitimately, it's like if you walked into um, a gentleman's club and they had the best three out there. Um, I, I can't. I can't pick. 
I have to go with the 49ers just because I know what they're capable of because we don't know which Rams team is going to show up. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, great, but Pete Carroll can't get out of his own way. Arizona Cardinals made a huge step up getting D-Hop, uh, but it all depends on if Kyler Murray can get a sophomore growth uh, kind of on the lines of like Wentz and Goff. So, I mean, the only consistency I can see in that entire division is the 49ers. Mm. That that that's the that's the only thing that looks consistent. I mean, Seattle Seahawks right there, honestly. So I mean, between those two, it's literally flip a coin. And if the Cardinals can take even a step up, they'll be in contention. And flip a coin, you figure out which Rams team is gonna show up. But you know, who knows? Yeah, I I'm definitely between the 49ers, Seahawks, and Cardinals because I think the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, D Hop, like Kenyon Drake, they they have the ability. I mean, obviously, and you still have a lot of veterans on that team, right? I mean, Larry right. Fitzgerald's still over there. I mean, you you have all of a sudden now you have D Hop being the number one target over there, leaving an elderly Larry Fitzgerald running across the middle open. Um, but still, an elderly Larry Fitzgerald running across the middle open is still better than three quarters of the wide receivers in the NFL. So I mean, <laughs> you got I mean you got him running across on crutches, like, and he's still better than most most receivers. So I I I think there's going to be a very positive impact there with D Hop coming over. Um, but it's all going to come down to Cliff Kingsbury. The guy had a losing record and uh, losing record in the, in the NCAA, and he still wants to take an air raid offense and put it in the NFL, which hasn't worked for a multitude of reasons. We'll see. Yeah, I I think it's going to come down to the 49ers and the Seahawks. I think it's all going to depend on the Seahawks um, injuries and how they how their defense plays. Um, and obviously if, if if they do bring Clowney back or not. But I'm going to go 49ers as well. Um, just because there is there is consistency there now obviously the running back game might be you know is, is probably the only inconsistent at this time with um raheem asking for a trade uh who knows yeah. if they'll i guess and you just, you just don't know Goodwin. yeah and debo samuel's hurt yeah debo samuel is going to be a big hit um so obviously their wide receiver core is is going to be hit i'm not sure to me marquise goodwin is good i mean he's a backup though in my opinion i don't think that he should be starting in the nfl um well he's going to be starting over there in the eagles no he's a backup according to the depth chart i'm sorry say what that's what I said. According to the depth chart, it's Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, and Rager are the top three, the three starting wide receivers. I don't know if I'd start Jalen Rager over Marquise Goodwin, but I mean, okay, sure. Yeah, well, as as of right now, that's their uh, <laughs> that's their depth chart according to NFL.com. Whatever you say. <laughs> so obviously, after training camp, that could change, right? During training camp. Um, oh yeah. But as of right now. He's he's a uh, top three and um, yeah we'll see we'll see how that goes but uh, yeah so that's everything that we had for the first episode back uh, appreciate everybody listening and uh, you know we're gonna try to get uh, recording at least every two weeks here going forward and uh, if you have any questions or anything you know feel free to reach out to us on social media everything's at on the fifty podcast um, you can also hit us up at support at on the fifty podcast.com via email uh, we will be putting a website up here within the next few weeks and uh, like I said anything. If you ever have any questions, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, anything like that, reach out. Um, we are going to be doing a couple live episodes as well on Twitch and Facebook. So, you know, keep out, keep a lookout for that. Uh, Twitch.tv slash on the 50 podcast. And uh, yeah, I'll look, look forward to hearing from everybody and everything. I know whenever we had this going consistently, we, we were getting requests. We were getting uh, questions, everything. So looking forward to hearing from everybody. But uh, until next time, we'll see you later. So long and good night.